waking up. Good. Uh, just a few announcements to kind of give you this week, uh, and then I'll be bringing my wife up here. She has something to share with us. Um, so first of all, uh, I think this has kind of uh, been on the announcements a couple of times, but just something to be aware of, uh, that the TCC elders and deacons have been working on updating the, the bylaws. Um, these updates reflect how we are now functioning as a church family under the True Bridge Network covering. Uh, the changes have been done with oversight and input from that covering, and at their suggestion, they have added a few paragraphs on human sexuality and marriage. Um, copies of those updates are, on, are out in the foyer if you'd like to see those, and if you have comments, you can come to one of the elders, that was being Dean Patro, Ken Dudley, Gus Shogren, or Pastor Steve Pomp. Um, second, uh, we're on uh, Wednesday, September 25th, um, uh, we're bringing back the, the youth, the Wednesday youth ministries, and those will be for both, uh, for all children and youth. Um, we'll have uh, junior high and senior high going on, so, uh, and even perhaps post-high, maybe, if you fit into that category. Um, the time frame is still somewhat being determined, but we have a, a few numbers to throw at you here now. Um, some tentative times that we're thinking about are um, 5 p.m. to 6.45 being the sort of the time frame, um, the cafe being open from 5 to 5.30. Um, so just uh, be aware of that, thinking about that, praying about that. Communicate with Kathy Cootley uh, if you have any input concerning the children's group that will be going on. Or, of course, talk to myself, my wife Linnea, or Pastor Stephen Joyce if you have anything to think about in terms of the, the youth ministry. Uh, and last, we have the True Bidge Women's Retreat being planned for um, September 27th to the 29th um, at The Branch near Osega. Uh, there are brochures that are available out in the wel welcome counter for those who may be interested in participating in this special event. Um, please return your uh, registration to Joyce and Pomp uh, with at least half of your payment by September 8th, um, which is today, right? <laughs> so the balance will be due by, the, the whole balance will be due by September 22nd. All right, so, Manea. Good morning, everyone. So a few weeks ago, Pastor Dean had asked me to share kind of a testimony and some scriptures along with it, and I was like, okay, I'll do that, but then I had to try to dig in my treasure chest of like testimonies and I was like okay what am I going to share um, and so I thought of something that is actually probably one of the most impactful for me um, at least recently so I grew up being a super conscientious child I just anytime I did anything remotely wrong or not even that wrong, I would tell my mom about it. And I'm sure that was nice as a parent to have a child who is very honest and full of integrity. But as I got a little bit older and into my teenage years and into high school, it kind of turned into anxiety. And so especially towards the later years of my high school and early, like after high school, I had a lot of anxiety and I dealt with it daily and it was more specifically um, just this sense of like, am I doing the right thing? Am I following the Lord? Am I, am I honoring him? Am I being holy? 
And it really was this sense of just feeling guilty about being, like, am I being worldly? And to the point where, like, around Christmas time, I would feel guilty if I heard a Christmas song. If I saw anything that I enjoyed, I was like, should I enjoy things? Should I not enjoy things? Should I, like, every single thing that I encountered, I analyzed and critiqued and was just honestly miserable. <laughs> um, and so I had always heard this verse, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And that's from Philippians 4, 6 to 7. And so I had always known that verse. I grew up on that verse. But it never really went from my head to my heart. And I think one of the big things is I always would omit that with thanksgiving. And oftentimes I would ask the Lord, how do I get rid of this? How do I get rid of this? And he's like, thank me. And I'm like, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now how do I actually get rid of this? And it wasn't until... Like, I honestly, for, it was probably for the first couple of years of our marriage, even, every day, I was seeking him, I was journaling, I was praying, for even sometimes a couple hours a day, I was like, Lord, I need to get rid of this, I need to get rid of this, I can't survive this anymore. And it finally got to a point, after a couple of years of every day seeking the Lord, but feeling like there was really no end or no solution, I just, I had to come to this point where I was like, Lord, I'm going to praise you whether or not I get rid of this anxiety. I'm going to praise you instead of the outcome. And I had to discover that I was making the outcome my God, whether it was fear of something bad happening or whether it was hope of something good happening. I was making whatever happened my God or my idol. Um, and so, like, I never fully connected, and I sought peace from understanding, not truly just from him. And I'd have moments, I had so many moments where I would feel that peace, but then I'd walk out into the world and something would try to take it away again. Um, and I neglected that thankfulness. And I sent my request, like the, the verse says, I, I gave him my request, but it was more so like questioning and not really presenting, not really, if you think of presenting as letting go, um, I wasn't really doing that. Um, so then, like, instead of this, Lord, fix me, I had, I had to find out what the right solution was. So kind of in this midst of transition, when I was realizing I was actually being very selfish, I was actually focusing on what was wrong with me and what the Lord needed to do in me. Um, I was just scrolling one day on Facebook and I saw someone who posted, all it was was three, three words, and I had seen this, heard this all my life, 
But something about it just struck me in this moment. It said, in all caps, he is faithful. And so I just, I don't know, it just struck me. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to focus on that. So then for the next few days, for the next few weeks, next few months, I just kept saying, he is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. And then eventually, he is good. He is good. He is love. And just all those different things. And um, I'm going to read a verse from 2 Timothy 2.13. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he can... he cannot deny who he is. And so I just got this sense that instead of focusing on all the inadequacies that I had in myself, I needed to start focusing on his faithfulness and his goodness. And as I began to do that daily, and it, it took some time too, like, you know, even hearing those Christmas songs, I'd be like, and my old flesh would be like, oh, is, are you supposed to do that? I'd be like, No, I'm not even going to think about what I'm supposed to do right now. I'm going to ask him who he is in this moment. I'm going to enjoy him and who he is in this moment and just reflect on that faithfulness. Um, So instead of my lack, his abundance, and I discovered there is abundance in Christ for everything, whether you're going through a really hard time and he's that abundance of comfort, comfort, that abundance of strength. Or whether you're going through a really good time and he's that abundance of joy and pleasure. Um, and so instead of wondering what was right or wrong, or is this too worldly, I took the focus off myself and started asking the Lord to reveal himself to me. So then, what I didn't discover is the solution was in those verses in Philippians all along. It was with that thanksgiving, but then right after those verses, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And before, I had always thought in my mind, oh, I need to just think about all the right things all the time, and I just need to make myself do that. And that just caused more anxiety, because a lot of the anxiety that I caused for myself was misinterpretation of what God was trying to speak to me through scripture. It it would be he telling me something to do, and then I'd feel, I have to feel anxious, and I need to do this. I need to do this right now. I'm not doing this. I feel guilty. But instead, it's like, God is the only truly admirable person. He's the only excellent and praiseworthy thing. And everything that is admirable and noble and good comes from him. And so it's that, that verse is really saying, think about Jesus. Think about him instead of all of the wrong things that you did. And then you'll find as you go on, that you'll see, you'll look back and be like, oh, I haven't been anxious in a couple days. Oh, I haven't been anxious in a couple weeks. And then it ends up becoming more abnormal when you have those moments of anxiety that flare up. Because I still, I still have struggles. 
But then it's like, oh, where'd that come from? That's not who I am, and that's not who God is. And so I just would encourage you that, like, for me, that's one of the biggest testimonies that the Lord has done in my life because it's one of those things where I think a lot of times we read verses, but we don't truly allow them to go into our heart, and we don't know how to get them into our heart. So I would say anything that you're going through, whether it's anxiety or struggles or things in life, I think the sure find solution is to focus on who God is and just to have him reign true. And you'll find that everything else kind of melts away and those sins and those things that you've tried so hard in your own power to get rid of end up melting under the presence of who he is. And so I'm going to pray over our offering today. And just a reminder, the boxes are in the back. Um, But Lord, I just thank you for today. I just thank you for how you have so much abundance for us, that you are faithful, that you are good, that your presence is more powerful than anything that we're dealing with. And so, Lord, I just ask that we would lift those things up to you, not just to present them in a pretty little box of like, okay, here's the root, here's what I think is the solution, but Lord, to let go, to present them, to lay it out before you, and to thank you for the truth that you reveal in who you are and who we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you both. Praise God. Just want to remind you that School of Ministry, Wednesday nights, we had our first meeting this past Wednesday, but everyone is welcome to jump in. And we meet every other Wednesday. And so, for the most part, the schedule, we have a schedule on the back on the counter there, if you'd like to grab one. And uh, our theme is going from glory to glory as we serve. And so we're hoping to catch a vision of the progression we can have in the presence of God, not only individually in our own ministry, in our own endeavors that God anoints us for, but then to hook up together and to, and to move on into his presence. And in that united presence, there is just a sound of worship he will be bringing us to that's ever deepening. And we had some of that, again, a higher level this morning. Praise God. But worship never plateaus. It's always moving upward because our revelation of him is moving upward. Amen. And so we're looking uh, to help people find and develop their personal call. And God has an anointing for everyone of his people. We are set in the body and to help to identify that and then to nurture that, learning how to nurture that call, learning how to allow it to run its full course, become more and more proficient. Amen. And so our our goal is not that we have completing a bunch of assignments, but it's more that we have development of our spiritual life. 
Amen. What an exciting thing to look back over our life and to see God maturing some things within us and just helping us to be more and more effective for him. So join us. And uh, also, if you want to take the, some of the courses or some of the lessons and if you're not able to be here, we, can, we also offer them. They'll be recorded online. And the assignments will be either on email or we have some of those with us today in the back. So let me know if you'd like to uh, sign, to be involved and to sign up. And amen. You're welcome. So today, let's look into the Word of God for a few moments. I want to talk about some spiritual principles. Amen. That seems like a broad enough <laughs> category so we can maybe fill up our time. But <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's so wonderful that God is an orderly God. And just as there are physical laws that God has embedded into his creation, there are also spiritual laws that govern his heavenly kingdom. They work for everyone. No one is exempt. God is committed to these basic principles. We think of the physical world, and one of the things that's always intrigued me is that when you talk about gravity, and they're still not sure what gravity is. You know, Einstein did the whole uh, bending of the space-time thing. They know maybe some of the principles how it works. They don't know exactly what it is. And one of the things about gravity is there's the inverse square law. So as something moves twice as far apart from where we would be, <clears throat> it increases distance by two, the, uh, the effect of, of it is squared. So if it was 10 feet away now, the effect of it, if it goes out to 20 feet, is like it was 100 feet. Inverse square law. The same thing is true of light. The luminosity of light, if, if it's so far away, if you double that distance, the brightness uh, decreases by a uh, multiplying it by itself. I always thought that was amazing that those two things work together, even though they're not connected. But these principles work for everyone, whether we want them to work or don't, if we like them or we don't. They're embedded in nature. God's kingdom has spiritual laws that just work. Irregardless of our circumstances, of our place in life, of our financial standing, of our history, of our culture, the laws of God are embedded in his kingdom. Amen. And so these are very simple things today, but yet I would like to, you know, sometimes you just need to go back and proclaim some of these things so that we keep the foundation strong. The first thing is there's only one way of salvation. 
Acts 4.12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. There is no other name given. The name of Jesus Christ is the only way when we come through him that we come into eternal life. The only way that we will spend eternity with him is through faith in Jesus. Amen. Our world is battling some of these things. Going to natural reasoning, but Jesus is the only way and the Father has clearly declared it. So after we come to him, there is total forgiveness for all our sins, even if we mess up from time to time. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I say, thank you, Lord. Isn't that beautiful? We don't have to do penance. We don't have to feel bad for 10 years. We come, we humble ourselves before him, we confess our faults, our failures. We ask for his cleansing, his forgiveness, and it says that he is faithful to do it, but he's also righteous to do it. All the needs have been met, all the requirements have been met because of the blood of Jesus Christ. He paid the price for us. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And that means that I come into a perfect standing with God again, even if my conscience has borne witness that I have stepped away from his plan, yet there's a healing for my consciousness. There's restoration for my soul because of the power of the blood. He is faithful and he is just. Let's say it together. He is faithful and he is just. He's just to do it. That's the confidence that our Father has in the blood of Jesus. He sees that blood as the perfect payment for our life. And the third thing is that his kingdom functions through righteousness. In Hebrews 1.8, this is a powerful verse talking about Jesus. But of the Son, the Father says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And the righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. The power of Jesus walking on the earth and seeing all the wonderful things that he saw, the wonderful teachings he brought forward that were direct from the Father's heart, the healings, he said, they are from the Father and not from me. He was walking in this awareness of perfect standing with his Father all the time. He never knew a moment what it was to be apart from him until he went to the cross. That is a scepter of his kingdom. That's the authority. That's the stamp. That's the seal of his kingdom. And for us as believers, we are grafted into his righteousness before the Father. And we can stand before the Father and we can make petition for people and we can lay hands upon people and we can see them recover and we can pray the prayer of salvation and all of a sudden a new life is formed, miracle. 
righteousness. God has called us to walk through life arm in arm with him. No separation. Every moment we have the privilege of experiencing him. Oh, we're growing in this. And the apostle Paul caught a vision of this. And he said at the end of his life, my determined purpose is to know him. My determined purpose is to acquire a righteousness that is based on faith in Jesus Christ and not on the works of law, not my own labor. And so even though he walked in this and had great experiences of the confidence of this righteousness, yet at the end of, towards the end of his life, he was still pressing on. I want the full measure of this, the full measure. The perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ puts us in perfect standing with the holy God. And he wants to come and live and walk in and among us. Empowering all our actions. That is okay word, empowering. It's kind of a new age type emphasis, I guess. But God wants to empower, anoint what we do, what we say to be a force for his kingdom and good. Amen. This is settled forever in every culture, in every heart. God wants you to walk in the fullness of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. What a vision, what a hope. What a passion to press in and press on. Number four, God answers our prayer. No matter how many times we go back and read John 14 and 16, it never changes, it's still there. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Let's read that together. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Wow. Open-ended. Powerful. Glorious. The provision of God, the call of God. Jesus said that the words that I speak are, belong to the Father and they're not just my own. This is the declaration of the eternal Father. Whatever you ask in Jesus' name, Jesus said, that will I do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It's still his passion. Father, be glorified through my people, through my body, through the church. Father, be glorified. And the Father is right there. Jesus is right there to answer our prayer. Never give up pressing in. We, we so often let our history and all the things we don't understand to say, well, maybe it's not true. It never changes. It's true today. It's true today, right now. I'm not going to meditate on circumstances. I'm not going to meditate on the history of things where the en enemy has come in and tried to bring destruction. I'm not going to let that dominate my life. God has said, it shall be so. It's always so. Father, give us courage to believe. Give us courage to believe.
And number five I have here, the Holy Spirit will be with us forever. What a tremendous declaration. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Forever. He never leaves us. He's always with us. He comes to us through the, through the request of Jesus to the Father. The Father sent him into our heart and Jesus also said, I will send another comfort to be with you. The Father and Jesus send the Holy Spirit into our heart. That's always the truth. Abiding fellowship with heaven. Amen. Today I'd just like to take a moment and focus in on one of these laws and that is the law of sowing and reaping. This is a law that is just embedded in the kingdom of God. It's embedded in the kingdom of God. And we've heard a lot of that in the area of finances. We tithe, we give, we sow. And God has clearly promised that that will come back to us. But it also applies to many other areas of our life. Somebody said, Galatians 6 and verse 7. This is the Message Bible. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. But a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work within him, harvest a crop of real life, eternal life. So let, let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. At the right time, we'll harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Never give up. Keep on doing what God's called you to do. Keep on sowing into the kingdom of God. Keep on planting yourself. The Apostle Paul said, you know, when we were at Philippi, or at Galatia, I think he's writing, I think it was Philippi, he's writing to the Thessalonians. You know how we were abused and we were mistreated, but when we came to you, we dared to do it again, to preach the gospel, to hold out the word. It didn't matter what happened in the past. We dared to keep on going. That's faith. We dare to keep on doing what God has called us to do. When our finances are under attack, we dare to give. We dare to tithe. We're, we're sowing into the spirit, into the kingdom. God will make a way. The natural is to pull back. You know, pull back, play it safe. God says, give. 
Well, what's the old saying? Give till it hurts? Well, we give until the pain is gone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Isn't that great? I was in Bible school and uh, back in the 70s, and I was renting an apartment, and it came to the place where I had enough for half of the rent, and I was getting kind of anxious about it. <laughs> and it just kind of, uh, I was just kind of stewing. The week was coming up, and it was due, and I thought, this is not good. I took all the money I had. I think I found a dime that I didn't give, but I found all the money I had. I put it in an envelope and sent it to uh, World Missions for hunger. Sent the whole thing to help the poor. And immediately I felt this peace well up within me. I still had a dime left. (laughs) That week, Phyllis and Clarence, her husband, came. My uncle came and they joined into fellowship on a Sunday morning. And it was great to see them. I hadn't seen them, you know, for quite a while. And afterwards, they hand me an envelope, and it was more than enough that I needed. Hallelujah. Thank you. I still remember that. <laughs> Amen. Never give up. Never back down. God makes a way. His principles are settled forever. Sometimes you just have to dare to believe God. Is that good news? We can make a deliberate choice to sow into the spiritual kingdom of God. But, you know, this law of sowing and reaping works in other areas. Forgive and you will be forgiven. You forgive somebody that's harmed you and that's going to come back. I mean, you will be forgiven how people treat you. Show mercy. You will be showing mercy. Hallelujah. These things go against what is the natural inclination of our emotions. A friend must show himself friendly. If you don't have any friends and you're sitting there, why don't I have friends? Well, show yourself friendly. So, caring about somebody, loving somebody, reaching out, being concerned about their needs. Remember John Lake giving the story of how there was a young man in his church in South Africa and he was observing him and he was there, you know, and God was moving and he noticed that he was surrounded by the purest friends that he had ever seen around this fellow and he finally went up to him and said, how is it that you have all these wonderful people surrounding you? He said, well, Mr. Lake, my spirit has reached out and called this one and that one. He made himself a friend. He cared about people. He listened to them. He embraced them. He reaped what he sowed. 
We draw near to God and he will draw near to us. A marvelous declaration. We so draw near to God. We do that every day. We just draw near. We draw near. We worship. We meditate upon his word. We, we, we in his presence, lift up the prayer request that the Holy Spirit brings within our heart. And he will draw near to us. You know, when you make that a habit of your life, it's such a joy. All the feelings of struggle are gone. When you just make it a habit to draw near to God and draw near to God and draw near to God. Wow. There's a strength that comes into the center of your being. He will draw near to me. I have confidence. Hallelujah. Let me just read a couple more things here. What we feed will grow. What we starve will lose its strength in our life. You're looking to overcome things in your life. Look at what you're meditating on. Look what you're allowing yourself to take hold of. What we feed will grow. Do not be deceived. God is not marked, is not mocked. A man will reap whatever he sows. Hebrews 5:14. But solid food is for full-grown men, for those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and and contrary either to divine or human law. Amen. We grow in it. It doesn't just happen immediately. We sow to the Spirit. We sow toward wholeness. We sow in our meditation. We sow in our study. We sow and the power of the flesh grows weaker and weaker. You know, we can sit and be condemned over the past or we can say, okay, I start now. I discipline myself now to sow to the Spirit. It takes time, but yet if we do it, we do it, we do it. We grow up in Him. Amen. One of the things that we find so prevalent now in our world when we pray with people and minister to people, the thing that we call soul ties. People have sown their life into connection with people that tear them down. And sometimes there can be a trap there. And especially in the area of sexual immorality, God clearly says that that should not be named once among us. And we're called to watch over each other as the time of his appearing comes, to watch over one another, to encourage one another, to help them to point their heart toward God and take hold of him and deny some of these 
impulses that come that are, are reaction. It can be a reaction to the trouble that we, it's escapism. Sometimes we just need to say no to those things and yes to God. When there's sexual immorality, when there's sexual things that happen outside of marriage, God has ordained it that the two become one. The two will become one flesh, and so they're bound together. There's what we call a soul tie. And that is supposed to be a great thing, a healthy thing. But our society is like freewheeling, doesn't matter, do anything. And they think there's no consequence. That's terribly wrong. Amen. We need to guard our lives. We need to guard one another. We need to realize that these are the laws that God has put in place for us to be healthy. Amen. And so today we can't go back and undo our history. We can't go back and undo it. But we can start today saying yes to God. We can find somebody that is spiritually mature and has understanding of the operation of the Spirit and confess some of these past things. Say, pray for me. And we can break some of those holes that have come. Many times there's a a passing on of, of... spiritual witchcraft and things that people involved in the occult and it's in the occult it's very real and i have seen people delivered from that because we come to god god doesn't want you to withdraw and hide in yourself he wants you to open up your heart to him open up your heart to people that are trustworthy that love you that will pray with you that will break the cords of oppression. Jesus wants you free. One more verse today, 2 Peter 1.5. And he says, now for this very reason also, you know, the great and precious promises that he gives us and all the things Applying all diligence in your face, supply moral excellence. And in your moral excellence, knowledge. And in your knowledge, self-control. And in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, Christian love. And listen to what he says. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we apply ourselves to these powerful things that God is developing within us, developing all diligence, moral excellence, knowledge of scriptural things, of principles of kingdom, self-control, perseverance, Godliness, brotherly kindness, Christian love. 
But if these things are yours and increasing, the direction of our life is always upward. You know, that's so important that we're moving ahead, we're moving ahead. It keeps everything alive and fresh. It makes us neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of God. Having trouble with your words, having trouble with, you know, throwing, sowing those good things with our mouth. Well, this is one of the things that helps us. Applying these things and being conscious and pressing into these things and deliberately doing things that are in line with us. When that is growing, it gives us power over our flesh. Let's pray. Father God, in this moment, we're in your presence. We're in your presence. Your spirit is here among us, with us. Jesus, you're walking in the middle of us. We invite you take control. If we need to say, Father, I'm sorry. Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Put me back in that right position with you. I'm going to go forward. I'm not going to live in the past. I'm going to go forward. Just do it right now. If you've never met Jesus and you hear the love and the, and the passion of God calling you to a higher life, we just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I take you as my Savior. I make you my Lord. I believe in you. He's here right now to make that a reality for you. Father, I love you with all my heart. Let's all just say that, Father, I love you with all my heart. Oh, Father, take us into higher expressions of worship together. Take us, Lord God. Oh, we desire to experience you together, Father. Let your glory come and manifest the clouds of glory, Father, as you revealed yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's no meal today, but fellowship. We'll be glad to pray with you if you would have needs. Pray about joining in with our school and ministry. I really believe that there's something here that God can take hold of to develop us together. Amen. Have a great day.